Welcome to the Greatness Garage Podcast, the place where small businesses get big answers. I'm your host, Brad Borkus, founder of Epitome Coaching Consulting, and with me is Jim Keener, entrepreneur extraordinaire. This is a different kind of podcast to get a different kind of results. Our mission is to serve you, the listener, to allow you to be the greatest business owner you can be. Welcome everyone to the Greatness Garage. We are so excited to have you. Today, we are blessed with an absolute treat. And you know, I was going through how do I introduce Dr. Bob and the best way I can do it is this. I'm gonna give you guys a quote from Albert Einstein. The definition of genius is taking the complex and making it simple. Dr. Bob has such a breadth of knowledge in intimate experience in overall holistic natural health, understanding how to get optimum results out of the human body. And every time I turn around, it blows my mind. He is a chiropractor. In the chiropractic profession, I've gotten to know a lot of, of people who are really kind of the leaders of the industry. And he is the one that I would go to asking anything of physical performance and optimum living. And so, Dr. Bob, welcome to the show. You know, Brad, I'm excited. Thanks for the great intro. And uh, I'm excited to share with whatever your listeners, whatever they need to take their game to the next level. Well, that, well that's awesome. And, you know, and it is. And, and today's topic is really about, as small business owners, how do we find health? How do we create health? Uh, in our businesses, in ourselves. You know, one of the things is that we tend to unfortunately sacrifice so much in building our businesses, right? We, we sacrifice and number one becomes health and we do it in the areas of sleep and good uh, exercise structure in healthy eating habits and all these things we give up. Um, we know we shouldn't, right? But we do. And, you know, what, what are some of the foundational things that you found that people need to do if running a business and, and building a, a whatever their dreams are, what are some of the core things you see them giving up that they, they need to really focus on? Well, you know, pretty much what you just said, Brad, you know, they think they need to make the money, the priority, the business priority at the expense of themselves. And they think that's a necessary tra uh, trade. What I want to share with you, I was at a, a global conference and there was an eight time world champion athlete as the keynote speaker. And someone asked him from the front row, my gosh, how do you have so much energy? And his answer was, the only way you have energy is to earn energy. And if someone asks, how do you stay healthy in troubled times? Hey, the only way you have health is to earn health. And so you and I have talked about it, and we call them the magnificent seven. You've got to eat right, drink right, think right, move right, sleep right, poop right, talk right every day. And if your health is not a priority, unfortunately, sometimes people get a very rude wake-up call. Yeah. You know, it, it follows that. I don't, I don't, I never plan to fail. I failed to plan and it's failed to do those little things. And, you know, Bob, you've said them seven to me so many times. And, and I love that it, as you listen to, to Bob's kind of holistic approach, he understands you hear all the biologics and then you hear that last one is, is, you know, think right. You know, in the way in which that all combines and brings that all together, um, understanding, you know, what our, our health is, you know, and, so let me ask you this, in, in what you've experienced, and, and you have treated a, a ton of, of high-end athletes and a ton of high-end you know, performers in just in business and all otherwise, what do you think, is, is it typically that dollar, what causes them to give up that sanctity of health? You know, Brad, I'm probably going to give an answer that your listeners not, might not like, and I think it's just <laughs> a, a 
bad prioritization, you know? Yeah. I mean, your yeah. health is your wealth and too many people trade it. And, you know, they often come in to me, you know, in bad shape. I, I'll tell a story, What you know, I have a patient of the year every year and it's a turnaround guy, but, you know, about five years ago, it was a guy named Bob of all names and he was 55 years old and recovering from prostate cancer surgery and he was 50 pounds over fat and he was diabetic and he had high blood pressure and high cholesterol and depressed and taking all the drugs. and. You know, because he'd been successful, he waited in, in life to marry and he had a much younger wife and a baby, but suddenly with prostate cancer surgery, his love life's just gone, you know? Mm. And I said, Bob, you know, why don't we just make this year your health priority year and let's get it back. And, you know, very fortunately he did, you know, he, he's a high achiever. So you give him a goal and you give him a plan and you show him a path and you measure things along the way that they can measure and show progress. And he was all in. I estimated it would take a year. It was six months. He had lost that 50 pounds of fat. Uh, he was off of all medications, non-diabetic. And he would say to me, he says, you know, Bob, my favorite thing is people look at me and they say, you know what, you look younger. I told him, I said, Bob, mm -hmm. you not only look younger, you are younger. And biologically, absolutely, that's the case. So no one wants to be a 90-year-old body, you know, in, in only 55 years of time. And, and it happens too often if we don't make health a priority. Well, and, and, you know, something you said um, that I can really attune to in an unfortunate way, you know, the, the, the way that he really said you're commit, you know, and that's what I kind of heard from that, 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 that decision that I'm going to commit to my health. And for myself, as, as many here know, that my commitment came after watching my dad die at 60, living a life of overweight, high stress, um, all the stuff and lost you know, my daughter doesn't ever get to meet her, her granddad. You know, I mean, all these things that I, we've lost that are of significance made that so important to me. How do you get through, because you can't do it for them. How do you get them to understand the importance and the commitment they're like, wh what is that process like for you? And, and what is maybe a, a story somebody's gone through that we can hear and go, oh shit, that's me, you know? Well, you know, my process might be a little bit different. Uh, I want people to essentially go through a real intense boot camp. It's like, you know what, if you want to make a difference, let's make a difference. So I will often have people take nutrients every waking hour to break their stress response, to start alkalizing their system in a healthy way to start taking down the inflammatory process, prioritizing sleep, prioritizing moving their bodies. Uh, and then at seven days, you know, for a lot of those people, it's an absolutely miserable seven days. But then we look at the scale and we look at the biochemistry and, you know, it's not unusual for me to see someone drop their triglycerides 150 points, their cholesterol near 100 points, their blood pressure 20, 25 points, their blood sugar. Uh, I think my biggest drop in a single week was over 200 points on blood sugar. Now that was a really out of control diabetic. But you know, if people can see a light at the end of the tunnel and they're pretty confident it's not a train, you know, listen, a week, most people, especially high achievers, if, if you know, if you've got the drive to start a business, you're already in the top percentage points of people. We just want to apply that drive to your own wellness. So for me, I'm not, I'm not looking for a, a year plan or a five year plan. No, no, no. Give me a week and let's make a difference. And you know, in the high nineties we do. And, and you know, what's amazing. Like, it's funny that you say that because I've ran into to a similar, you know, I have a client who says um, when I, we have projects for do, and she's very, are creative and so she you know doesn't want this long drawn focus plan and she says you know what 
give it to me like grounding. <laughs> she said, give me two, give me a focus for two weeks. And that's what we do. And she, she's high performance uh, dials in on it. And like I said, for seven days, for, for the, for, for the sake of your life, what wouldn't you commit for seven days? And yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. Huh? That's oh, you know, I amazing. Have a, I have an, I have an interesting scenario, Bob. I thought you were talking about me. That's exactly <laughs> what happened to me this year. December 26th, I'm watching a television show with my wife called Game Changers, and it talks about eating meat and all these things associated with that. I looked at her and I said, you know what? I'm 49 years old. I'm done eating meat for one year. I'm going to take a year off of meat. I'm going to fast. I'm going to try the intermittent fasting. I'm going to pick up the exercise component. I bought me a Concept 2 rower started rowing. They said, you're too fat. It's going to beat up your joints if you go out and try to put on some miles. So I want you to intermittently walk with the row. You need to get that. I need to get your fat ass out into the, the ocean and swim a little bit. So I started this process, right? So December 26th was the last day I've had meat. I've lost 31 pounds. Oh. I'm rowing every day. I try to hit this 200. Uh, it's two minutes for every 500 uh, meters on the rower. So you have to have, a, you know, all these little things. And I have a Dr. Bob type player in my life, thank God. And uh, I've been steadily after it every single day. Haven't missed a day. No days off, which is interesting. No, no five days and then, uh, you know, go backwards on the weekends, which is something I used to think was appropriate. Kind of gifting myself after a week hard work. Wrong. It's you got to stay on the gas consistently. And so I've been staying on that. And I committed one year. I said, I'm not any days off I'm gonna do the whole thing for one year and so when I'm at my birthday I'm gonna take a look we got all my numbers done we got all the markers done and I'm steadily making those moves I got a pulse oximeter my oxygen's up my pulse rates down BP's lower and uh, you know I'm just trying to do everything correct and we'll see we're gonna take it one year at a time you know Bob said take it a week at a time but one one year at a time and uh, I'm going to stick to this thing. And then I'll see at the end of one year where I'm at when I know more and I'll see further, I'll go further. Well, Jim, uh, one, I'm going to say that you're exceptional in every way. Our early conversations certainly have shown that your record is, has shown that. JP Morgan said this a long, long time ago, go as far as you can see. And when you get there, you can see further. Uh, you're blessed that you can see a year out and, and even track it and make that commitment. And, and by the way, not everybody I see is an elite athlete. And often when I do, they've got a big event coming up in a week and they need to change something. And that's really where it started. It started with the elite athletes. But I soon came to realize, you know what? The 60-pound overweight diabetic who's hypertensive and depressed doesn't want to feel better in six months. They want to feel better yesterday. Yep. So let's make 100%. measurable progress this week. Yep. Well, and, yep. you know, and, and but Jim, give it. So you're sitting here watching this show. What... You know, not just here, but but here. What hits you to recognize going, son of a, you know, like what hits you on that? Like exactly you know, what with your kids? Said, was exactly it? what Bob said. So I have everything, right? I have the house on the beach. I have, I mean, Brad, you've been to my house. You yep. see my lifestyle. I have the best lifestyle that money can buy, but it wasn't enough. So uh, basically all the money in the world isn't going to help you if you're dead. And yeah. I literally had to decide to look inward. I'm the solution to my own problem. I'm the creator of my own problem. I take full accountability and responsibility in every area of my life. I preach that to everybody I coach in the business world. And all these guys that I hang out with, you know, I, I, I work with the Special Operations Warrior Foundation. We have a lot of these guys who are super fit individuals. And here I'm giving business advice and helping people in their businesses. And yet, 
uh, I'm not taking the advice that I'm being given by the medical professionals, right? So I, I had a cardiologist that, you know, he texts you out and says this and that. And literally, I have a chiropractor friend, his name's Dean, similar to Bob, but he's more of a naturopathic guy. And uh, he's like, listen, you can go down the pharmaceutical road all you want. You can try all these other things, but you need to look inward and do everything yourself first and quit looking for modern medicine to save you and save yourself. Be your own hero. Save yourself. Quit trying to save all these other companies. You give, I gave him a lot of good advice. But yet, <laughs> on the flip side is, is I'm not taking good advice. And so, you know, yeah. you have to learn to be a student instead of a teacher. And you have to accept responsibility for yourself, your wealth, your health. And uh, it's hard to look in the mirror when you're overweight and going, what am I doing to myself? And I'm beating the hell out of myself and basically had to get beyond that and move into the action steps and get off your ass and make a difference and lead by example. So I just chose awesome. to accept full responsibility. Listening to Bob talk, I thought he was going to use me. Thank God he used another guy named Bob. <laughs> well, and, and you know, Jim, and like it, it is, um, you know, I think you said that too, that, that part about beating yourself up and, and, and I think we see a lot of, we get in our heads and we're, we're high performing externally, let's say, and internally we're not. And we just, we would rather not talk, let's just not talk about that. We just, let's talk about how good my business is doing. Let's, let's focus on that instead of being very honest and, and open about that and saying, I'm struggling here. I'm hurting here, right? I mean, there, there's that yeah. shieldness we do. Well, he said the magic words like responsibility, accountability, all those things, right? He can only give us great advice. The best advice, if we don't take it, isn't worth anything. And so if we're going to deploy and we're going to bring on these, these high-level um, coaches, we have to be willing to accept the level of criticism and critiques that go along with it. And it's about being a coachable player at this time. It's not about being the coach. It's about accepting responsibility. And, you know, I look back when I was a young man. You know, I was a firefighter paramedic, I think I told you, Brad, in my early days. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we worked out every day. I was super fit. My life was on the line and my body was my tool. Now my mind is my tool and I haven't really been given the same time and attention to the body. But thank God I had a good foundation to start with. You know, I lifted for quite some time. I've been super fit during my 20s. Comes to the 30s, you know, start drinking a little bit, enjoying the good life, start thinking I crossed the finish line. And all I did was I failed to realize it's a nine inning ball game. And I was trying to tap out in the third, fourth thing and thinking, hey, I made it. And we still got five more innings to go. So <laughs> time to start working on the body a little bit. That's awesome. Well, can we, we can draw some parallels between what made you succeed in business and, and will in your health program, accountability and measurability, right? And, mm -hmm. and in mm -hmm. this game, we, we have an accountability partner. I'm an accountability partner for a lot of people. But guess what? You don't need me as an accountability partner. The ultimate accountability partner is yourself in the mirror. You reminded me of That's Jocko it. Willink and his extreme ownership, right? Just take 100% responsibility for everything. Yeah. Uh, then yep. you get no it's one to blame. And you always That's got it. someone to, uh, to rely on to step the game up. Sure. So, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, man. I'm, I'm the first one to say I probably have way more questions than I have answers. And in business, uh, that's my thing. I mean, if there's anything relating to you want to know how to access your client base, you want to know how to effectively target your clients. And I can help in all these areas. What I can't help is if I can't lead by example physically, then I'm of no assistance to anybody else in that range. And so yeah. we're glad to have you, Bob. And yeah. uh, I'm open to all criticisms critiques any any insight you got i'm all ears
<laughs> this is this is free high paid advice. So one of the things actually, Jim, that you kind of talked about was, um, you know, your your uh, friend had mentioned that you know you can take all the pills and all the stuff that you want, but you got to take the. What, Doctor Bob? What are some of the biggest misconceptions you think people have of health? Well, you just touched on it right there. That it's somebody else's responsibility. That a mm. pill can make up for a bad lifestyle choice. You, know, you you cannot intoxicate someone into better health. It just doesn't work. You know, and, and I've had so many great mentors. And, and when you need to take control of physiology, where not controlling it is very dangerous, well, then drugs are the best thing going for that. You know, if you walk in with, you know, they call it malignant hypertension, 220 over 140, you're not going to take some herbs and go on a six-month diet. You need to knock that pressure down or you're going to blow something that's going to ruin your world, if not completely take you out. So medicine has its place and it's going to be those extreme cases. But even our, our Food and Drug Administration has guidelines and they say you should take the lowest dose for the shortest duration. Now, as a math major, my first degree electrical engineering, I, I, I know what the lowest dose is, it's zero. I know what the shortest duration is, it's zero, right? So are they really following that? No, but is it a good guideline? Sure, take it for as long as you need to, to keep you alive while you get healthy. And, and that's a great use of medicine, but saying take it instead of getting healthy, that's, that's abuse in my opinion. It's abuse of your body, it's abuse of the system. That's a great point. So why do you think people, you know, that, that get high accountability in, in the business world, um, why do you think they, they forget that or miss that in their health? Like, what do you think, it obviously prioritization, I guess, right? Yep. That's, that's going to be my answer. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I mean, you, you, Jim, you had a, you had an epiphany that a, that a movie took you there and that's a nice soft epiphany. It's better than clutching your chest. You know, mm -hmm. I, and it, you know, there's so many other things that could go wrong that potentially leave a mark. And, uh, you know, you might still have a mark, you know, if you put on more weight than you need, then, well, then maybe when you take it off, you're, you have some stretch marks, right? I mean, literally a mark, but it's better than a, than a scar, you know, through, through your heart for a section that's not going to function or a scar in your brain or how, whatever that would yeah. be. Yeah. I call those tiger stripes, those little stretch marks now. I say yep. those are tiger stripes. <laughs> Okay. I love it. So, you know, as we're going through the process of, of we're building our business or building our empire or whatever we're in the process of building, you know, what is some advice that you have or, or some, some, some habits, some structure? I mean, we're talking about it's in the prioritization, but you know, it's, it, you know, how do we get it so every day it's not a battle so that as we're building our, our businesses, we're building our health, we're maintaining our health. What are some, what's some advice you have for that? Well, one, if it is a battle, you know, Jim even had a really good point, right? Start where you are and make progression that, that is not going to be too nice. painful. You know, there's no doubt when you start changing things, there's going to be a change, there's going to be a sacrifice, but you know, there's ways to exercise to optimize your benefit and minimize your time. You know, I, I trained mixed martial arts and about a decade ago, I learned about a Japanese researcher named Tabata. And Tabata did a study, it's very easy to look up, but he took age-matched, health-matched people, one group he had run for an hour, three times a week, one hour. So that's three hours of, of exercise. The other group he had exercise four minutes a day. Now it was 20 seconds all out, and all out means just that, all out. Could be a mad sprint, could be a mad swim, you know, could be powerful jumping jacks, plyometrics, whatever. But it was 20 seconds on, 10 second recovery, eight rounds. 
do the math on that. Eight times 30 seconds, you're at four minutes, right? Yep. Uh, so that's not that much. But what they found out three months in is the Tabata people, that's how they named the protocol, the four-minute intense, those were the people that had better body composition, better strength gains, better aerobic capacity than those that were moderate. And so, you know, in business, they say success loves speed. So I, I'm certain that Jim could talk about that all day long. You could talk about that all day long. Hey, listen, my people want fast results. And they if I can get them results in four minutes a day, as opposed to 60 minutes, three times a week, they're all in. Now it takes a whole different level of discipline to go all out for those 20 seconds. Type of, uh, <laughs> you know, that's where you might need a coach, yep. uh, you know, kind of kicking your butt. But I'll give this quote from Harvey McKay. He says, you know, we're, our anatomy is such that it's kind of hard to pat ourselves on the bat and it's kind of hard to kick ourselves in the butt. So we need other people to do that for us. <laughs> That's a great point. Well, and yeah. it's, it's so funny that you say that the Tabata. I, I did that. Go ahead. No, Brad, I'm with you. I did that. I did the Tabata. I got an app <laughs> on my, my phone. That thing kicks my ass to no end. My wife oh. does those. You know, my wife's super fit. She's very, she watches everything she eats works out she's very disciplined that's her that's her thing me you know i wasn't that guy and man i'll tell you those tabata workouts are just they destruct they just tear me up man i mean they do right? they're absolutely ruthless and nope. it's only for a short amount of time and i used to tell myself i could i could do anything for five minutes anything yep. well not anything i realized <laughs> real quick i got definite limitations buddy yeah, I mean, my lungs were burning so bad one day. I was doing this row sprint, and it is unbelievable the amount of effort I have to put out yes. to move this fat ass around. It is ridiculous, <laughs> man. It's like pulling a trailer full of wood everywhere I go. I can't wait to unhitch that trailer and just get going. But, you know, it's going to take some time. It took took 20 years of bad decisions to get here. It ain't going to take 20, you know. I probably, if I could, if I could get this thing under control in three years, that would be that would be a reasonable expectation at my current work ethic without anything drastic going on, just being consistent and putting in the time. It's an hour a day commitment is what I got going on hour a day. And it's, yep. uh, you can, I'll you tell can, you right you now, that's, that sounds like not much. Yeah. But I mean, if you didn't wear yourself out, you sleep better, you know, fasting has really worked for me because I just, I like to eat breakfast and then I would, you know, that rolled into lunch. And then I had some people say, well, your metabolism. I'm like, listen, guys, when you're this bad, it isn't like eat a vegetable. Okay. This is, I'm, 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 I'm further along that. I'm just not one, one vegetable away from solving my problem. You know, I need dramatic intervention and the intermediate, the intermittent fasting has worked for me. I don't eat until four o'clock. I only eat between four and seven. And by the time I eat at four, I'm stuffed after the first little bit. And now being full vegetarian, it's even twice as difficult, but mm. You know, it, it is what it is. If you know me, I, I do everything at some level of an extreme behavior. And so it w doesn't surprise me if you know me that I would do something like this. I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but um, most people need to find a good coach. Dr. Bob, if you could afford him, might, might be the right fit. <laughs> well, and you know what, I, I Jim, you, you actually uh, parlay in uh, one of the things, you know, Dr. Bob is, is he's he could spend an hour we're going to talk about here, but you know, one of the things that I found when I started getting healthy wasn't just the workout because my workouts were okay, but they were pretty good to, okay, you know, um, but the gut health, understanding what, what went in my body, went through my body, created my body. 
Bob, what, what do we not understand about gut health when we stumble into you in an unhealthy state? What do we not understand and what do we need to understand? Well, first and foremost, you know, when you start talking about the gut, there's a lot of factors to it. And, and I always tell people we can solve distinctive gut problems by answering the questions, number one, what are you eating? Number two, how's your digestion? Number three, what kind of bugs live in your gut? Number four, how often do you poop? And number five, do you have a leaky gut? And, and as we dissect those piece by piece for people with gut problems, they usually have a problem with all five. But Jim, you might appreciate this, you know, over the last three or four years, the top researched topic in all of the medical literature is called the microbiome, the bugs in our gut. And we have more bugs in our gut than we have cells in our body, and it's by a factor of 10. And because they're living organisms, they eat, drink, and they go to the bathroom. Uh, and what I tell people is that good bugs, as disgusting as it sounds, good bugs eat poop, and they poop nutrients. Bad bugs eat nutrients, and they poop toxins. And they've done very distinct studies where they put the wrong microbiome in an individual. I know they call it the obese microbiome. And it doesn't matter what they're eating. Human beings do not digest fiber. It should add bulk to our stool. But the wrong bugs, they eat that fiber and they poop out fat that is absorbed into our system. Mm. So I'm going to have a big spinach salad, which I have, you know, one, let's say five days a week. Well, I may burn more calories chewing my spinach than I get from it. But if I have the wrong bugs, suddenly that could be 2,000 calories that I don't know I'm getting. Wow. Mm. Huh. Super interesting. So, so I think what he's telling us, Jim, is that we just got the wrong bugs. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I know I do. The first thing they put me on was that I, this is the first thing that the, the naturopath did. They said, quit taking uh, any antacid. I was taking uh, something 24 hour a day for uh, gas, whatever that is, heartburn. Okay. And so they said, quit taking the Prilosec fast. And then I started taking these, um, beneficial microorganisms that you're supposed to like all these different things that are lipase they all end with a's or something at the end Doc, dr bob could probably tell you what they are so anyway i started taking that within one week one week no heartburn no i used to feel like as soon as i ate i could feel it like immediately one week after taking those pills not taking the prilosec no more heartburn and i haven't had heartburn since because I think I was doing a few things. Number one, I was overeating. Number two, I didn't have proper structure. That's why I drink all that kombucha now, Brad. Mm -hmm. I just start drinking kombucha, the apple cider vinegar tablets. So I started doing those. I started everything that they said to do. Now get this, the other doc, the medical doctor said, stick with the Prilosec, right? Stick with the, it turns off your proton pump that produces the acid. Now the Naturopath is saying that's why I'm having you take in more acid. So you could imagine we got both sides. I got a doctor over here, medical doctor, naturopathic doctor, and then I say to the to my medical doctor, "Hey, could you call my uh, naturopath and fill him in on why I'm supposed to be taking these?" He says, "Well, you know, we have a different approach." I said, "Well, yeah, you you're dealing with a sickness and an illness, and they're trying to deal with the actual root cause of my problem. Is it possible?" that we're interfering with each other. And he says it's possible, but I didn't want to give him any validity that he was right. And I didn't, you know, mm -hmm. in my naturopath, he was telling me, well, that's your doctor and you can listen, but you should probably try my, my protocol first. And so now, of course, I don't have the best relationship with my medical doctor because <laughs> he's thinking I'm going down a different path. 
and my naturopath, um, you know, I'm, I'm taking um, all of the enzymes from my stomach and drinking the kombucha and the apple cider vinegar, and I'm having nothing but success. And so the proof's in the pudding, right? You know, if we, can, if we can just take a slight tangent, right? If, if I take the hydrochloric acid in my stomach or your stomach and I drop it on the table in front of us, it's going to burn a hole in it. Um, but why doesn't it burn a hole in our gut? Our gut has very special lining to protect it. But our esophagus doesn't. And by the way, neither does our small intestine. So if we get acid where it doesn't belong, we have a big problem. But there's a muscle that keeps the acid in my stomach. It, it's actually called the pyloric sphincter. Some also call it the lower esophageal sphincter. And the way that muscle stays strong is with stomach acid. Now, this has actually been known for over 30 years in the peer-reviewed medical literature. The way you prevent acid reflux is by keeping that muscle strong. And the way that muscle stays strong is acid stimulates it to stay strong. So when you block the acid, that muscle ultimately weakens, atrophies, and now you have a worse problem. So it's pretty epic, Jim, that you were able to get off of a, a long-term acid blocker that fast. Obviously, your, your naturopath was very thorough, and all those ACEs like amylases, lipases, proteases, those are digestive enzymes and probably plant-based because they work over a broader range of pH, and you can have a much, you know, pretty messed up gut and take plant enzymes uh, and, and resolve the problem much faster. Mm -hmm. Yep. And a sleeping position. He gave me a ramp that I sleep like that instead of like that. Yeah. Like, like, a, you know, that was it. That was the, that's a naturopath solving the problem against yeah. a medical doctor actually contributing to the problem, but that's their job and they're not trained in nutritional training. You, and you know what? And I've, I've always heard of it explained in this way and, and, and all come to a very odd. There's a good kind of place that we're at, but it's, it's healthcare versus sick care. And, you know, I, I think that it's just, you know, and, and speaking of that, that's one thing I, I'd love to kind of just step into is, is COVID, you right? It's out here. It's, it's a form of a, of a flu, um, but the flu is always here. And, you know, this one is kind of a, a, a sweet spot because one of the things that bothers me about what I'm hearing in coverage out there is that we're not hearing how to keep yourself healthy up, from COVID. Oh. We're taught, you know, to, to, to be, be healthy and, and when we're facing the, the, the COVID or the regular flu, you know, we are um, struggling with that. And one of the things that we need to do is be healthy to get healthy through to, to face COVID. Dr. Bob, speak to that about what is the impact and how do we approach COVID from a, um, a, an aggressive self-care model versus a, a cowering, like, oh my God, you know, it's doomsday model. Well, one, it, it, this is a complex circumstance, and, and I, I think this is going to take years to unwind as, as to how this got so bad. But, you know, now that we know the data, even out of New York, New York has done extensive testing. The U.S. has done, tested 5 million patients. They actually estimate 21% of New York City uh, has been infected with this COVID. And then when they look at the deaths in New York City, the death rate is about 0 0.007. So it's nowhere near what they thought it was. Now, that doesn't mean it's not a bad bug. It's a very bad bug, and it's a bad bug for people that aren't healthy. So you, I do an update every single day on COVID, and what kills COVID patients, or, or the, the title of the graph was, what helps COVID kill us? Number one risk factor is diabetes. Now, there's a couple <laughs> different reasons for that, but 
diabetes does a couple of things. One, it's really bad for the immune system. That's why diabetics have a, a harder time killing off infections. Um, so one, their immune system is going to be sluggish. But two, diabetes is really bad for hemoglobin. That's a part of our red blood cells that hold oxygen. And when you, you can go through the reports, when these people have very low oxygen, it's not that their lungs aren't working. It's that they're not having efficient oxygen transfer because this virus transfer. has a direct impact on hemoglobin. So as I tell people, the top two enemies of the immune system in order are going to be stress and sugar. Now, stress for me may not be stress for you. Um, you know, and, and I'll give a reference of a really weird titled book that I read a decade ago, but it was actually called The Good Psychopath's Guide to Success. And ultimately what they did is they took the British Secret Service real life James Bond uh, and they, he, they showed him some very, very horrible military scenes. And this guy, you know, his joy actually, center actually lit up and his cognition became really, really good. Whereas me, that wouldn't be for me. I'd, I'd leave the room because it would be mm -hmm. painful for me to, to absorb that. But for him, it was entertaining. So he wanted to be a part of that. Now we take a guy like Jim and, and I'm guessing that even he gets to stress a business and he's got to keep 15 plates in the air and 27 managers happy and get this supply chain. He is probably lighting up his joy center, you know, uh, yep. but that's not most of us. That's why we consult with guys like, like Jim, right? But whatever's stressful for you, that's going to be suppressive to your immune system. And it's going to be different things for different people, but ultimately joy is beautiful for the mind, body, and spirit. And I mean, literally the mind. Now we have brain scans that says that joy keeps our brain from breaking down. Mm. And the term psychoneuroimmunology has been around for, you know, over 60 years at this point. But what it means is that every thought we think has an impact on our nervous and immune system, the same chemicals drive them. So happy, happy being, happy immune system. So keep your stress low, keep your sugar low, and you're going to have a better immune system. You also want to get some fresh air. You know, I'm going to put a, right, yeah. my update tomorrow, but basically, you know, they've done the studies on social distancing. There've been over 200 studies on social distancing and here's what they found. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of crazy what they're attempting to do. Uh, today's update, you know, they looked at Britain, you know, 54% of people in Britain are completely ignoring all of the all of the guidelines london is as big as new york city guess what they don't have any more deaths and they even have a lower death rate so maybe it's they're under less stress because people are getting out and doing it they're not wearing their masks they're not keeping social distancing right it, it, this is a bad virus i don't want to downplay that but it's not so bad for the healthy i personally yeah. don't have a a, a patient uh, I have one, one guy that came to see me one time for a shoulder and that's all we did. We didn't fix his biochemistry. He had a serious COVID problem. He was on a ventilator for a week. Thank God he's alive. In my entire patient base, which is of many thousands, I don't have a single patient with a COVID problem. Well, and, and let, let's, let's actually say chi chiropractic really got a very boost and in, into the mainstream because of the Spanish flu, correct? Well, there's plenty of evidence on that. I wasn't around back yeah. then. Researchers that fight, <laughs> uh, you know, are, are saying that's true. And there is evidence that chiropractic is, is good. Just the event itself, by taking stress out of the nervous system, you're going to help the immune system, right? Yeah. So that makes sense. But I think it's really more than that. 
you know, chiropractors are really holistic primary care. And yeah. my favorite chiropractors are going to tell you, eat right, drink right, think right, move right, sleep right, poop right, talk right. Let's help you get into balance faster, that which you need help with. But ultimately, it's on you. It's on you to be yeah. helped. But Jim, that's where we're definitely, me and my medical friends are going to have a difference because we're looking at it through a different lens. The people that are getting COVID are sick. And the reason they're showing symptoms is because they were sick to begin with. Mm -hmm. And sick people have a hard time dampening the inflammatory process. And by the way, the same thing that dampens the inflammatory process is how the immune system stays in check as well. It's a similar class of chemicals across the body. So if you can't control your inflammation, you likely can't control your immune system either. And so is it true that the immune system is not able to regulate itself and do more harm than good? That can happen in a sick person. Absolutely it can. Um, and so now there's some disputes in medicine, what they should do. There's a very powerful corticosteroid called dexamethasone, 30 times stronger than your body's chronic stress hormone called cortisol. But what's the biggest downside of that? It's also immunosuppressive. And remember that viruses live, live within the cells. So it actually has to be your immune system to kill the viral infected cell. So when people are out of balance and their immune system puts them at risk, then they should give immune modulators and immune suppressors because that person is not controlling their own immune system. You know, I've got three children, they're all grown now, I'm a grandparent now, but you know, my middle daughter is 23 years old. She had three friends come back from Mexico and they were required to get tested to get back in the country. Three tested positive for COVID. Two had absolutely no symptoms at all and one felt bad for a day and that was it. And keep in mind that even, you know, the World Health Organization is saying 80% of these cases are mild and there's more asymptomatic cases, no symptoms than there are severe cases. And what I hate to say is that even exists in our world, which I consider tremendously unhealthy. Uh, we yep. could do so much better in that category. So even our unhealthy population for the most part is handling this effectively Aggressive cases justify aggressive measures. Those people that are at risk for cytokine storm, medicine is the place for them to be, and that kind of suppression can be life-saving for them. Now, what's the long-term consequence of immune suppression? Death, right? Because <laughs> your immune system is killing bad cells all the time. We, you, listen, six, we have 67% of the DNA sequences in our body have viral traces. We've got more bugs in our gut than we have cells in our body. So it's not yeah. us against them, it's us with them. And it's been that way. Viruses are uh, billions of years old. Um, bacteria, many millions of years old. Humans, 100,000 years or so. There's a TED talk entitled Six Ways That Mushrooms Will Save the World. Uh, a guy hmm. named Paul Stamets. And he was actually hired by the US Department of Defense. You can find his podcasts, Paul Stamets and Bioterrorism, or Google Paul Stamets Mushrooms and Bioterrorism. And there's, there's mushrooms that can block smallpox replication. There's mushrooms that can block HIV replication. You know, no one wants anybody to say anything about this new SARS-CoV-2, nothing's proven. So that's all I can tell you is nothing's proven. But what I can tell you is healthy people don't seem to have a problem. Mushrooms have a long history of being good for the immune system and some other really bad bugs. And guess what? I'm taking them every day myself and I'm recommending them every day for my family and my patients as well. Yeah, so you know what, Bob, I, I think, you know, as and there's been so much in this thing and, and kind of as I'm, a couple notes I'm taking is for the, the listeners, you know, take what's made you successful, 
and leverage that and figure that into your health. Make a concentration, make it a priority of your health and leverage what's been successful in your business world, in your personal life, whatever you've been successful, leverage that over to your health. Um, and then, you know, really just um, the second that you actually just said it too, and I'm surround yourself. Surround yourself with right people that are living the way that you want to live, that are, are doing the things that you want to do. What else would you add to that, Bob, is for the listeners? I like your program. I like who you're surrounding yourself with. I, I like what I see in here. Well, experts in association are really, 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 really good. And, and I think built within that is going to be that accountability. And then we also talk measurability. You know, record keepers are record breakers. You know, how's your business doing? Well, gee, I don't know. Why, why don't you know? I don't know. I don't know the numbers. <laughs> how's your health? Well, I don't know. I don't know the numbers, you know? And, and so we might have some disputes about what the numbers are. But listen, weight is really important. Body mass index is really important. Waist circumference is really important. Blood pressure is really important. Resting heart rate and heart recovery is very, very important. Aerobic capacity is very important. Blood sugar is very important. Cholesterol, well, we could have a little debate on that, but the numbers are that the most important ratio in cholesterol is actually your HDL triglyceride ratio. Uh, and there's mega studies that show that, but when HDL exceeds triglycerides, these people are in a position to reduce placking within the coronary arteries. So it's not total cholesterol, it's not LDL, it's HDL, the good cholesterol, and triglycerides, which by the way, are the most easy number to manipulate, especially with blood sugar, because any excess carbohydrate is rapidly turned into triglyceride, and by the way, often stored into adipose tissue. That's right out of Guyton's textbook of medical physiology. So numbers are important, accountability is important, association is important, and, and certainly picking the right consultants. And you know, you, you want to probably pick someone who's created what you want, right? So we're, we're talking, you know, health. And I've talked about the Magnificent Seven. You've got to eat right, drink right, think right, move right, sleep right, poop right, talk right every day. But life is also sevens. We're mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, social, financial, and impactful. And why not have solid mentors in every one of those categories? DrBobRakowski.com. That's one of my Facebook. Uh, sorry, one of my websites. I also have thedrbob.com. I have a public figure, which is Dr. Bob Rakowski, right? But you mentioned Organo, which by the way, I'm an investor in a company that infuses mushrooms in coffee. So Jim, we had a little coffee conversation before we started, but you know, most people don't want to take their mushrooms every day, but very few people miss their coffee every day. So when we put organic reishi mushroom into coffee in a way that people get it multiple times a day, and by the way, I'm connected to you know, about 16,000 people around the globe that are consuming this directly. And again, same stat, I'm not aware of a single person consuming reishi coffee that has a COVID problem. So, you know, Paul Stamets, you know, you can call him mushroom Jesus. I call him mushroom guru. One thing we know is that he's dedicated his life to the study of these amazing, I could call them plants, but you know what, they're a hybrid between a plant and an animal. They actually breathe oxygen and eliminate carbon dioxide. But these things have been around for so long and some of the molecules are proven beyond phenomenal at enhancing human health and they're non-toxic as well. So you're doing a great job for yourself, you know, keeping your, your immunity. What I see of you, I wanna keep you around for a long, long time because I wanna learn from you uh, you've got so much going on and same with you, Brad. I mean, you two are special characters. So we need to band together and, and help this world through this challenging time because Jim, as you said, you learned how to pivot and help businesses 
not just survive, but thrive in these circumstances, we want to do the same thing in every aspect of life, including health and especially health. Bob, you are such a wealth of, of experience. Um, that's awesome. Dr. Bob, thank you so much. Jim, thank you again for your time today. We are so glad to have you guys here on the, on the Greatness Garage and uh, keep serving others and uh, love it. Thank you all. And if everybody wants to reach out to me and they need just to talk, they have some questions, some business, they, they're, they're stuck, they're struggling, they're hurting, whatever it is, um, you can simply go to callwithbrad.com and you can book yourself an appointment, free talk with me, and we can just talk. And so everybody, thank you for all the ways that you all serve and the way that we are, are, are really helping out the business community. And uh, let's keep doing great things. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Greetings, Greatness Garage guys and gals. This is your producer, Brennan. I'd like to tell you about my YouTube series called Your Blue Continent, where every week I visit with development agencies all over the world in places like Ethiopia, the Congo, Bangladesh, and Myanmar, observing new and innovative solutions to chronic problems affecting people all over the world. The only way we're ever going to eliminate our problems with poverty and immigration for good is when we've helped these places achieve true sustainability for themselves. And my series celebrates the frontline agencies bringing this about in brand new ways. That's Your Blue Continent on YouTube. Check it out.